following is a message from Praise and Worship, a community of people in Branson, Missouri who are loved by Jesus and joining Him in His mission to bring love and hope to all people. For more information and for more audio and video content, visit www.branson.church. Have you ever heard the recent Barna survey? There's this Barna survey, and is George Barna and his whole gang of surveyors. I mean, they're these, they're these people, they love spreadsheets. They're into spreadsheets. And what they've done is they went out across America, and they interviewed thousands of people, and they said, we want to know, like, what religion are you? And one of the biggest responses that came back is they said, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. You've heard this before. And most of us will kind of crinkle our nose when we hear that. Because what they're, maybe what they're saying is they're saying, well, I, I still kind of need God or something, but I don't want to go to those dark and dreary churches like the one Mark went to. Or something like that. Maybe that's what they're talking about. Or maybe what they're talking about is, well, I, I need God, but I have no idea how to make him happy. Or I would love it if God would love me, but I assume that he doesn't. So I'm sort of spiritual because I'm like, I'm into some cool music, and I, you know, I can get a little zen going, you know, or something. I don't know, right? Well, what if I told you, as the pastor of this congregation, that I'm also not religious, but very spiritual? Now everybody's going to go, what? What are you talking about? And that's what, I, that's what I want to talk about today in 1 Corinthians 15. This is what the resurrection of the body is all about. Because religion, we have ways of defining this word. By, you know, the simplest definition is, you could say, a belief in God. That is religion. And on that definition, certainly I'm religious, right? Because I believe in God, and I believe he sent Jesus Christ, his son, to this earth to save you and me. And then that, crazy, that story gets even crazier when he rose from the dead after being crucified on the cross. So that's pretty, that's, you could say, that's very religious in certain definitions. But see, my definition, my personal definition of religion, and I think most people that I know tend to feel this way a little bit, is that religion is when you do a set of tasks. You do, you do, it, you do those tasks just right. And if you somehow get those tasks right, then you're faithful. You're on target. You're whatever. You see, and that, that's the part that I want us to move away from. I want us to move toward Jesus. Because Jesus is not a religion. He's a dude. He's the dude. He's the guy that came to give us life. And he gave it to us, and he is giving it to us now. Um, let's dig in. Let's jump right in. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 35. We're going to put these on the screen and zoom in on some words so we can dive in. He says, someone may ask, the Apostle Paul carried by the Holy Spirit, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body will they come? This is exactly what I would have asked if I had been at, listened to him preach this. I'm like, excuse me, Apostle Paul? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> How's this going to work? See, I love that question because I'm a geek and geeks always want to know how it works. Debbie always says, don't ask Mark what time it is. He'll tell you how a watch works, right? This is, what, this is my personality. So I'm wanting to know how, right? And so this is the question. And then we get the answer. And he, it's just this powerful answer. And so let's look at verses 42 to 44. And we're going to just kind of show all of it in one little place. And um, it's this 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 dichotomy of sown versus raised, right? And this is very interesting. So you think about it. If you guys, it's planting season or maybe just past planting season, depending on what you're planting. And so when you planted your gardens, those of you who are into gardening, you know, some of you guys put seeds, some of you went down and picked up a plant, whatever you did, you, you, you planted things, you sowed it into the ground. And you knew that if you put the one thing in, something else is coming out, right? 
And I mean, like, watch the zucchini. The zucchini can get out of control, right? So you, 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 you know, but here in this case, he's like, okay, just like all those things, that's how this works. Something is planted and something else is raised, right? And it's planted in, it's sown in this idea of death. Perishable. And we all know that. We, I mean, everybody knows that. I'll never forget. I've told the story once before, but I'll tell it again. Um, my son Aaron, we were, he was like three years old, and we were driving along one of the rivers nearby, James River up north of here, and there were all these dead trees laying by the river. And he asked me, a three-year-old, he's like, why are those trees dead? I was like, that's kind of a big question. But it's a great question. Why? You know, and of course, we grow up in this world, and eventually we just accept it. Well, things die. I mean, that's just how it works. Welcome to earth, right? Great. GG, right? That's where we're at. And so he says they're sown, it's perishable, raised though, imperishable. Now that's a category you and I have not experienced in this world. Everything and everyone dies. And we have never experienced or encountered something that doesn't, right? I mean, you know, sometimes you'll think that piece of plastic is going to be there for 10,000 years. But it, it eventually, too, will degrade and the molecules will split apart and it'll be whatever. Um, not so on the new earth, which we're going to be talking about. It, things here are buried, right? That's what we do. We bury them. Even if you cast the ashes out to sea, they are, they are sown into the ground, into the ocean, wherever it is, in dishonor, in weakness, in a natural way. This is a really interesting choice of words by the Bible. And then raised in, how do they come out of the ground? Well, we said imperishable, but that also means glory. It means power, and it means spiritual. See, now here's where we're in trouble. Because I'm going to challenge you guys to think about what you mean when you say spiritual. I think a lot of people mean something you can't see, something you can't touch. And yet as we have just spent the last four weeks proclaiming, me at the top of my lungs, and you guys singing at the top of yours, together we've been proclaiming that He is risen. And we've been proclaiming that He wasn't a floaty, fluffy bunny that walked, that kind of came in as a hallucination or a ghost or a phantom or any of those kinds of things. But He came in and He said, you guys got anything to eat? That's what Jesus, He's a peace be with you, I'm hungry. They were, they were just all like, uh... Yeah, I mean, we got some fish. They're like, but dude, you're raised from that. Yeah, I'm going to eat. Because, see, he was immediately bent on demonstrating that he was not, as we might have defined the word, spiritual. He was physical, right? Right? I'm looking for something hard to hit on. I almost hit the iPad that had been bad. So the idea is, when, when, you're, when you're dealing with Jesus, he's like, I am a dude, and I got flesh and bones. What did Thomas say to him? Well, he didn't say it to him. He said it to the disciples because he wasn't there when Jesus came the first time. And Thomas is like, unless I thrust my hand into the, into the wound in his side and put my fingers in the nail scars in his hands, I will not believe. A few hours later, Jesus is like, knock yourself out, bro. That's a slight paraphrase as well, but it's what he did. Here, Thomas, put your hand, oh, sorry, this side, put your, I'm left-handed, put your hands in my side. Put your hands in the nail scars. Do it. Feel it. And what was Thomas's response? He kneeled and said, my Lord and my God. Because when he saw this, he became spiritual. 
See, we've got to define that word. We've got to define it not according to Plato. Some of you guys may have been philosophy students. Plato was a dude. And his whole premise, which permeates our culture now, is that physical is what you can see and touch, and spiritual is what you can't. That's, that's, Platonic, that's Platonic thought. And it's in all of our movies. It's in our books. Hey, I love Star Wars. Use the Force, Luke. Right? That's what happened. You get the Force, you can't see it. Right? That's, that's, that's spiritual. Biblical definition Give me some fish. Let me show you what spiritual is like. And he eats breakfast with him. He says to Thomas, touch it. Touch it. Right? Here in a minute, we're going to touch it. We're going to eat it and we're going to drink it. Spiritual. This is what the scriptures are teaching us. So this idea that when I, when I want you to think of when you hear the word physical versus spiritual, I want you to think of something that dies, something that doesn't. Do you see that distinction? That's the biblical distinction. Something that dies Something that doesn't. Perishable, imperishable. Take a look at verses 45 and 48 through 48. Because then this idea of natural versus spiritual, physical versus spiritual, however you want to say it, is this continuation of this because he actually then demonstrates how the spiritual happens to you and to me. Look at what he says. He says, the first man, the first man, Adam, whose name, just so we're all clear, the word Adam in Hebrew means from the dust. So he says, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam, talking about Jesus now, a life-giving spirit. But now, but Jesus wasn't like a spirit because he said, let's have breakfast. So what's he talking about, right? So then look on the left side. He's got, well, the first, in the, in the natural order, Adam is first. He came first. That was the, that's the broken world we grew up in. That's why the trees down at the river are dead. Because our, our world is broken. Of the dust... He is the dude. He's the dust dude, right? And he came from dust. And, and then sometimes you'll hear, you know, at the funerals, right? What do they say? From dust to? That's how it works. Welcome to earth, right? And so that's the natural order of things. And so sometimes people will say death is natural. And I'm like, okay, but it's bad. And it ain't the end of the story. I'm especially using ain't for its grammatical clarity, right? It ain't the end of the story. And then, and then look what else is natural, our past. When we look back, all we see is death. Now you might see some like cool moments in the story. You might look at your story and go, hey, I can see where God was working there. But when we look back, it hurts. And you know what? Today's Mother's Day. And yeah, then, yeah you know exactly what I mean when I say that when we look back. Some of us are like, we have regrets. We have shames. We have frustrations. We have sadness we just have longingness to to see our mamas again you know my mama's still around and so i get to go see her but there's going to come a day when i look back on mother's day i don't look now and i don't look forward you know every one of us faces this challenge every one of us and that's why the natural order the physical order is, is stuff that dies it's stuff that fails it doesn't live up to what it should have been spiritual spiritual second it's this guy who came second the guy who came down from heaven to save you and to save me. To give us hope that you and I will be with our mamas forever. Do you see how important that is? Do you see what that means for you and for me? He is of heaven and he is here to pave the way for our future. I love it in John 14. He's like, I'm leaving. And they're like, but no. And he's like, hey, listen, I'm not done yet. I'm just leaving because I'm going to go prepare a place. And I'm preparing it for you. This is the promise of God. And so this, the first Adam 
is just what we call humanity, right? What do we say when people are not perfect? Because last time I checked, none of us are. We say, oh, that's just being human, right? That's what we say. We might as well say that's just being Adam. It means the same thing, right? But when we talk about what Jesus does, we talk about what He does in us and through us. That is power. It gives life. We have hope. We have the ability to face tomorrow. Um, I've been saying for two weeks now, we, keep need, we need to sing the Easter hymn because He lives, I can face tomorrow. Next week, we're singing that promise. Take a look at 1 Corinthians 15, verse 49. Because this is where this all goes. Now, you've got to watch out. This is MLV. That means Mark's literal version. And, and all, all it means is I want to make sure we see the language clearly. And it says this. Just as. Just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, so shall we bear the image of the man of heaven. Some people think that the story of the Bible is that you are sort of a good person most of the time, and God will fill in the gaps, and then when you die, you go to heaven. That's the story of the Bible. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. This is the story of the Bible. Right here in one sentence. Just as he rose from the dead, and it was physical in the sense that you could touch him, but he was spiritual in the sense that there ain't no more death. Ain't, again for grammatical clarity, ain't no more death. He is never going to die. Just as he did that and said, yeah, he's got any fish? You want to eat breakfast? Let's do this thing. So shall you. The message, the story of the Bible is just as Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God, the Son of Man and the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and the Prince of Peace walked out of the grave, so shall you. So shall I. Amen. Amen. And this is the promise of God. And guys, this is the power of God. This is how we face everything. It's how we, it's how we both have joy on Mother's Day and it's how we face the sadness that that brings for many of us that are here. And it's how we then proceed in the midst of grief with joy alongside of it, with hope. Because now we're like, you're not, so Mark, aren't, well, what happens when people die? Because the resurrection doesn't happen like right now because we could, the graveyards are still full, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Oh, but let's talk about the last day. The last day, the day that this happens is when all of them are going to open up. Yes, the ones here on this earth, they're going to open up. And you're like, what about the ones from a thousand years ago? Yeah, watch that. That's going to be especially cool. And what about the ones that were cremated and thrown out to sea? Watch that, because that's going to be cool, because Jesus Christ is all-powerful. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth have been given to me, and now I'm giving it to you so that you will tell the story, so that they will know that this is true. It is most certainly true. And on that day, guys, this is why in the olden days, when they would build a church building, they would build it right next to the cemetery. Or they, well, they'd either build it next to the cemetery or they'd put the cemetery next to the church building. Sometimes both at the same time. And everybody's like, wasn't that weird? No, it's because they wanted, to re- they wanted to have the opportunity. They could actually be doing what we're doing right now, telling this story at the moment that Jesus comes back and be able to go right out there and high-five those who come out of the ground. That was the belief. Now, we're building a new building, and there's no cemetery there, but hey, just down the road from one. And it doesn't matter where we'll be. Because on that day, just as Jesus rose from the grave, so shall you, so shall me, so shall our mamas and our daddies and everybody else who trusts in the name of Jesus. Can we pray about that? Let's pray about that. Father, we ask you right now to help us trust in the name of Jesus. To help us believe this promise. 
this promise that just as, as your Son, our Lord Jesus, rose from the grave, so shall we. So shall all who put their trust in Him. Give us the power to trust because that's the real trick. We can go out of here feeling kind of in, you know, fired up, but then we encounter the real world. We drive by the river and we see the dead trees again and everything else that reminds us of death. And it hurts. I pray that you'd root these words deep in our heart and that we would hear the words, He is risen every time we look death in the face. Every time we look backwards and remember it. And I pray boldly, Lord, that we would be so audacious to believe that just as Jesus rose from the dead, so shall we. And we pray this in that mighty name of He who is risen. He is our Lord. He is Jesus who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.